This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Southampton 1, Liverpool 2. Takumi Minamino and Joel Matip completing a South Coast rescue mission for the Reds to take the title race down to the wire. I'm Guy Clark. This is the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel. Thanks for joining us. Coming up, we'll bring you all the reaction you need, including Jurgen Klopp's press conference, as well as our resident Reds watching on at St. Mary's, as well as those back at home. But first, let's head down to the South Coast, where waiting for us is the Echo's Liverpool correspondent, the post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool's title chase will run to the final day of the Premier League season after a 2-1 win here against Southampton this evening. Um, Jürgen Klopp made nine changes in total from Saturday's FA Cup final win, but um, goals from Takumi Minamino and Joel Matip um, cancelled out Nathan Redmond's opener to give the Reds the crucial points that have kept them on the coattails of Manchester City heading into that final weekend when they host Wolves on Sunday afternoon and Manchester City host Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa. Um, if the Hollywood scriptwriters are out in force, then you can sort of imagine how that one might play out. But Jürgen Klopp has dismissed any notion that he'll be chatting to the Aston Villa manager before that game. He says that uh, the Aston Villa manager will be looking to win the game for Aston Villa and there's Liverpool connections that have nothing to do with the game on Sunday and of course that he'll be only thinking of the Burnley game that is coming up before that but uh, it's a romantic story if Liverpool fans can dare to dream um, for that one at the weekend Liverpool will need to take care of their own business against Wolves of course but uh, Liverpool are still fighting would you believe at one point they were 14 points behind Manchester City in this Premier League title race and it looked as though uh, City were going to walk to victory and claim a uh, fourth title in five seasons, but the Reds are still fighting, they're still in the hunt, um, going to the final day, of course. Um, as you say, Jürgen Klopp made nine changes, only Ibrahim Akanate and Alisson Becker kept their places, so um, you should imagine that most of the big hitters will be fresh for Sunday, no Trent Alexander-Arnold in the squad today, Luis Diaz was left on the bench, Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane, um, not, not here, of course, Salah carrying... A little bit of an injury from the FA Cup final, but Jürgen Klopp did say on um, Monday that uh, he'd be fine for the Champions League and he does have a fighting chance of playing on Sunday. The same applies to Virgil van Dijk, who missed out here as well. But at the moment, it just doesn't really seem to matter what players are in this Liverpool squad. Klopp has made changes, chopped and changed for months on end, and it's the reason why so many are champion this current squad as the uh, one of the best uh, has ever existed in Anfield's long and illustrious history. Uh, of course, if they complete the quadruple, then there will be few um, few questions to that theory um, as Liverpool go in search of the unprecedented quadruple. They've already done the double, the Champions League final to come, of course, on May the 28th in Paris. But for now, all eyes are on the Premier League title and then it goes to Sunday when the Reds hosting Wolves and Manchester City are entertaining Aston Villa, Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa, Klopp doesn't want to hear about any kind of story, uh, fairy tale storylines regarding that, but uh, I'm sure one or two Liverpool fans will be uh, allowing themselves to daydream about that one for now. But uh, Liverpool need to take care of business their end, and that's exactly what they've done here on the South Coast this evening. It's finished Southampton 1, Liverpool 2. Fantastic effort from the players to take it to, you know, to win tonight, take it to the final day. Incredible effort. Yeah, I think incredible performance as well. So, like, um, making nine changes. If it wouldn't have worked out, it would have been 1,000% my responsibility. Now it worked out and it's 100% the boys' responsibility because I can ask for a lot. The boys have to do it. And I thought they did exceptionally well. I saw incredible performances tonight. I saw a group reacting 
on a yeah a blow um, I didn't see it back um, the situation but I think at least I thought it was a clear foul um, and you can in these situations you can lose nerves or whatever a little bit um, the boys on the pitch not at all um, they just kept going we scored a disallowed goal we scored the goal Taki's goal controlled the game you know much better than me that how, how Southampton wants to play and they want to go for us and press and stuff like this and we play, played in all the spaces where they couldn't get us. So we that calmed the atmosphere down obviously and so it became more a normal game and not the game Southampton wanted. Um, and uh, that was good, second half, second goal, great. And then last 10 minutes. Eh? Um, this group didn't play now 500 times together and you could see the middle changes and all the stuff and they didn't know <laughs> we have to work on how we can play time down without getting in trouble and um, but Ali was there and um, yeah, really deserved three points and um, yeah fantastic absolutely and fantastic it, it, actually I'm, I'm so happy about the performance but it was it was a bit touching to be honest honestly it was <laughs> wow these boys like having Ferraris in a garage and, and then you let them out and they, they directly do like this. Harvey, I'm not sure when he played last time. Curtis, no rhythm, played from time to time. Takumi Minamino, it's a crime he's not playing more often. These kind of things, really. Oxley didn't even play. <laughs> um, and it's an outstanding shape. So all these kind of things. Eh? That's, it's, really, it's really tough for the boys, but they only, sometimes, but... Um, Whatever happens this year happened because of this group. Because of this group, it's exceptional. Um, and tonight I showed that again. How do you see this weekend? I mean, everyone, it's going to the last game. It's going to be tough. So the only way I can I can see it is like I, if I the other situation, then I don't feel like I'm champion already. So that's how it is. As we think, of course, from my point of view, now again second. You think, yeah, of course, City wins that game, but it's football. We have to first win our game. It's not that we like talk about Wolves as, as they would not be there. That's difficult enough. Imagine that. We go there and have with one ear in Manchester. It's not too far away. And then Wolves, Jimenez, Pam, uh, Huang, whatever, and, and they're heading the balls in. That's, um, so we will be 100% focused. But last time, when it was that close, um, City won it because, let me say, 11 inches, ball in, not in, stuff like this. So many things happened during this second part of the season. We, um, that I think if we would become champion, it would be deserved as well. But for that, we have to win. And then we have to see. Yes, Neil? Yeah, you mentioned the boy Ferraris and the guys. So those players haven't been on the bench in, in Oh, it's a crime. I, I apologize. Okay. Sorry, I apologize to everybody. Oh, crazy. I said it a couple of times. You asked me if lineups for me are a problem. No, not at all. Lineup is fine. It's, I love it. So you have options. You do this, try this. Today we could have lined differently up, but we really liked it. Like it, like we did. Like the, the football we could play then. It was really good. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but the, that, that's 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 hard. That's really hard, and um, and that's why it, you, I expect them to react like they react. But it's not, it's not normal. It's it's special. How is that? Whatever happened this year will happen because the group is a pretty really special group. Any more progress, Paul Gilmore from Sky to finish? Yeah, and Joe, please Joe Gold. I hope we are lucky. Um, Joe himself has pain, but. 
not too much, but it's like got a real like one time a real what is that shatter the system like foot leg uh, and a bit higher. So, but he's sitting in the in the, in the dressing room. And when I when I when I when I spoke to him, he was he was in a good mood. So I think um, maybe we probably were lucky, but we have to figure that out. Yeah, and, uh, I was just going to say the race has been so good. Two teams have been absolutely fantastic. I'm sorry, yeah. Which is, you know, feel now everyone. You couldn't possibly bet against them, but now it's West on Sunday. Oh, I have no idea what what happens on Sunday, to be honest. But um, look at it. It was game 18 tonight, right? From the second part of the season, we won 15, drew three. Against City, we know we were lucky at City. That was not the best, not a good game. Against Tottenham and Chelsea, these two away games, that was when we, when we had our Corona outbreak, when we had we played. Um, I love Tyler Morton, I love him. But he played on six at Tottenham. Just to think back on that. So in that moment, we were in a really good shape, and then you get this little problem. I don't see other teams didn't have problems, just our problem. So we could have. This game was a situation when. when um, Robo got a red card and Hurricane didn't get a red card. Just to think back, of course these things happen the whole season. But for our story, we didn't think about it for a second. It's now just drawing three times, winning 15. It's madness, absolute madness. But it's the only way to keep the distance like this to, to City. And um, the Avils has no regrets at all. The boys um, throw everything on the pitch. Again, nine changes. And then this kind of game. It's really exceptional. It's really exceptional. I don't think anybody um, expected something like that, and the boys did it anyway. That's absolutely great. Okay, ten last couple, gentlemen. There, and then we're going to pull them off. Yeah, but I don't suppose you think about speaking to Steve Gerrard at all this week, will you? No, of course not. Steve prepares now <laughs> for Burnley. Um, that's already Burnley's fighting for everything. That's already will be hard enough. I don't know whether we play at Villa or at Burnley. What's first that game? Villa. Oh, it was the last home game of Villa, yeah. So, yeah. So they will play <laughs> play that game, and then have to see, collect the bones, and go again on 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 Sunday. So now there's no reason to talk to him. Um, we all know Villa wants to win because Villa wants to win. Um, that's it. Okay, final question. Can I ask what did you make of the announcement from the young Blackpool striker Jake Daniels this week? On that, yeah, um, fantastic that he that he's. Finally, he's brave, or he's brave enough to, to do that. But 17 years is absolutely exceptional. When I saw saw him talking, I couldn't believe that he's 17 years old. He's obviously a very mature boy. Um, the whole football community will, will 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 support him with whatever whatever we can do. I'm not percent sure. Um, he seems really in in his middle. I mean, he's talking about it. I, I, I loved it. How 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 he he really delivered this message. So he wanted to. And he's right what he said. He didn't want to hide anymore. Good. Exactly the right way to do it. Um, I don't know him, but I'm really proud of him. And um, it was an important step. It's, I, we live in 2022 uh, that we have to make such a big thing of it. It's crazy, but we're getting there. It's a good start. And now I hope others um, will follow and, 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 and can, uh, can do that as well. And then, yeah, it would be absolutely outstanding. Really, really happy for him. It was like he sat there and, and said what he said, and I thought, oh my God, he's really now exactly where he wants to be. Absolutely top class. The post game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. 
evening Reds, it's Asim from Twitter, Twitter handle Asim Forever LFC. As I made the exit out of uh, St Mary's tonight, the Liverpool fans were in full voice as they chanted, in Paris we'll be running down the cup. But it's in the Premier League we keep up the pressure on Manchester City as we take the title race to the last day of the season. Let's see what's in store for us come Sunday. Well, let's be honest, stranger things have happened when it goes to right down to the wire. Rewinding to the pre-kickoff and analysing the team selection, it was as I expected seeing Klopp ring the changes after an intense 120 minutes on Saturday. But the beauty of our management is regardless of who plays, be it the senior team, the second string or even the academy kids, Klopp's full throttle philosophy runs throughout the club. So credit to the team who played with the same intensity we see in week in, week out. Special mention to Bobby who I thought was brilliant and showcased a high-class first touch and intelligence in connecting play. The trio down our right were instrumental in pinning back Southampton to a deep line defence who surprisingly sat off us in a 5-4-1 formation and didn't want to show the football we've been used to seeing from Haas and Utel's side. Touching on their goal, it was only part of one or two counter-attacks that they enjoyed and went ahead through the deflected goal. I've not seen the replay but I'm told there was a foul in the build-up but the equaliser was fully deserved through some beautiful uh, football down the right. How many times have we seen Trent play that whipping ball to the striker and when Salah running into that space from wide, but this time it was Taki who finished so brilliantly. Henderson came on in the second half and kept intensity in our play. He's done that so many times as he comes off the bench and keeps the ball moving side to side and choosing the right moment to make that penetrative pass. And we fully deserved our second as we kept on persevering for the winner and he came through the excellent Joel Matip. We move to Sunday with hope, with excitement and with confidence as Jurgen Klopp hopes to bring back some big guns as our quest for a historical quest enters a new chapter. See you Sunday boys, up the Reds. Mike Holt from Go On The Match podcast with my review on Southampton 1, Liverpool 2. Takes it to the final day of the Premier League season to decide the title winners. Um, I am actually shaking now knowing that I'm going to be in that ground on Sunday potentially winning a league and listen so many people are going to say that it's a it's a foregone conclusion that Man City are going to probably put four or five past Aston Villa possibly but there's also a side that's in me that says anything can happen look at that QPR game where QPR went 2-0 up it's just anything can happen um and you know it's the belief um, and that that sort of alive feeling that makes a football fan. And so long as we've got that on the last game of the season, which we do have because we can win it, I'm more than happy to, to be in the mix in the last game of the season with the league title. You know, if, you, if you'd have given me this situation at the start of the season, two domestic cups, a Champions League final, and you can win the league on the last day of the season, well, you know, I'd, anyone would have bitten your hand off, you know, to play every game this season, this Liverpool team, it's, it is genuinely unbelievable. You know, you've you've almost got to sit back and sort of, it's almost like an out-of-body experience to sort of realise what we've done this season, um, what this manager's done, where he's took us, um, and these players as well. And it, it is truly unbelievable. Um, I'm going to be an emotional wreck in that ground. I know I will be on Sunday. Um Regardless of what happens, even sending the boys to Paris, say we don't win the league, you know, we've just got so much to look forward to, so much to be excited about as Liverpool fans at the moment. Um, in terms of the game tonight, obviously he changed the team up and I think that was 
the correct thing to do. You know, obviously that's very easy to say in hindsight, but I think it really was the correct thing to do. Um, you know, you can't just keep cheering these lads out week in, week out, especially with the cup final against Real Madrid on the horizon. Um, and it's also good to keep these lads invested into the team. You know, it makes them feel part of it. I know we've it's a crucial three points tonight, but you know they all feel part of it. And you know, your Curtis Jones, your Minaminos, these sort of players, it's really important that I think. Um, and yeah, obviously Southampton go one 0 up, and realistically they shouldn't because we should have had a foul on Jota. Absolutely shocking referee and um, display from Atkinson there for both teams as well. You know, he was absolutely abysmal. Um, he's just such a bad referee. Um, and if we're going to talk about poor displays as well, uh, Martin Tyler on the commentary, oh my word. You know, he really does hate Liverpool, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, obviously they go 1-0 up. They shouldn't have done. They should have, you know, we should have had the foul on job. But they're still a good finish from Redmond. And to be honest, that's all they did all night. I thought Southampton were awful. I thought they were really poor, especially the second half. They didn't They didn't want to come out. They just wanted to sit back. But they have got players that can hit you on the break. They just didn't want to utilise them. Um, I thought they were really poor. And they sort of almost, you know, asked us to come on to them and attack without having a counter-attack themselves, which is a little odd. Um, but obviously, we get back into the game um, at a really crucial time, I think. Um, and obviously, <laughs> Big Joel Matab gets the winner as well. Um, obviously, Minamino with the first one as well, which is a good finish. Um, and like I say, it's just so important to get that three points tonight. I was really impressed with Curtis Jones, um, for his balance on the ball, the way he took the ball from deep, um, Lincoln defence to attack was really impressive. Just needs to work on his shooting. Harvey Elliott, um, you know, he was trying his utmost. He's come back from a really big injury. He'll get his chance next season after a really good preseason, I think. James Milner was absolutely outstanding throughout the whole game. Really, what we needed. This fella needs a one-year contract again. Um, Canate was probably my man of the match. Thought he was absolutely sublime. What a sign, and he's been absolutely incredible. Um, Simicast was really good. You know, you can't ask for a better standing left back than Costa Simicast at the moment. Um, Allison, when he was called upon, he did well. Um, obviously couldn't do, couldn't do much about the goal. Jota was working as working his arse off all night. He was, you know, a real big live wire. He didn't stop. Um, I thought Firmino was really impressive. I know he got man of the match from Carragher at the end on Sky Sports. I thought he was really good. And I thought Origi was really good when he came on, just to give us that, hold the ball up, and he won a few fouls when he came on. Um, I thought he was really impressive when he came on. It's a bit of a shame to, to know that he's going. Um... And like like I say, it was just it's just so important to get the three points tonight. Um, roll on Wolves at the weekend, and then a Champions League final. Like I say, I'm, I'm going to be absolute. I'm going to be really. I'm can't even speak now. <laughs> I'm going to be an emotional wreck in that ground on Sunday. So if anyone does see me, go and buy me a pint and give me a hug to make sure it's all going to be all right. Mike Holt from going the match there, feeling the nerves already ahead of Sunday. And that's him before him giving his thoughts on the way home from Southampton. So to the final day it goes, one point in it, it really couldn't be closer. We're looking into the Blood Red podcast Facebook group. Henry O'Keefe writes, we're 31 points ahead of Man United, 53 points ahead of Everton, have won two cups this season and are in the Champions League final. Whatever happens on 
on Sunday. This has been a stellar season. Mark Donoghue says, not many agree, but the more I see of Kanate, I don't see a drop-off with Virgil van Dijk is out. He's strong, great in the air, fast and has a good pass on him. Some would say he needs to do it every game, but he does. At the moment, on current form, he's as good as Virgil van Dijk. There, I've said it. And Ellie McDowell says, the fairy tale scenario is fully loaded now. Nine changes, and we got the result. Pretty impressive. Now over to Stevie G, our only hope for the quad. Unlikely, but possible. Very possible. No matter what happens, it's been my pleasure, although not great for the blood pressure, to watch this magnificent squad. What a season. Wow. Up the Reds. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. An absolutely magnificent result for Liverpool at Southampton. Again, coupled with another result, for example, last week at Aston Villa, where they came from behind and won 2 1 to keep the Premier League alive to the last game of the season. And I think sometimes we can't underestimate how difficult these games are for Liverpool to get through and extract positive results from over a period where games are coming so thick and fast. And what they are achieving at this moment in time, obviously, you know, being in three cup finals, obviously winning two and taking the Premier League title race to the last game is nothing short of amazing, really. And again, I've said it before, but just, I mean, when you factor in Liverpool, they've lost three games all season. I think they've played 61 football matches over all competitions in all kinds of different scenarios. In the year 2022, when they've been chasing down Manchester City, they've only drawn to Tottenham, Manchester City, and also Chelsea in that period and the level of consistency has been unbelievable. So whatever happens in the last game of the season, I don't think there can be any, well, there can be nothing but pride in the way they performed and hopefully a miracle might happen and Aston Villa can extract the results from the Etihad. There's always that hope. But I think what it's really shown and what has been paramount and it was shown again tonight was how important squad building is for a manager. When you think about an elite manager or coach, whatever you want to call them, and you think of some of the, the unbelievable qualities they need. So, for example, you know, obviously you've got to be massively brilliant tactically. You know, you've got to be a great man manager. You've got to be able to delegate with your staff. All these kind of things we could go on all day. But one of the biggest things is recruitment and being able to identify the right players. And that doesn't, doesn't just mean the profile of the players in terms of, you know, are they, do they fit the skill set of what the manager would want for a particular role on the field of course that's massively important but the other thing is obviously the character of the players how you balance the squad are they the right age to be able to come into the squad and keep the equilibrium and of course throughout these years and it isn't just about this season we're talking about what's over the course of many years now and the consistency Liverpool have shown so many times, whether Liverpool had a, a bigger squad like they have now or a, or a smaller squad in terms of numerics, all of the players within the cop reign have all performed a key role. And whenever they come into the side, more often than not, they're always massively important in Liverpool achieving results in all kinds of fixtures. I mean, when you take out last season, when Liverpool, we know, had such a, a hard period in terms of on and off the field. And actually, that makes it even more impressive about what they're doing this season and the fact they've been able to come back to such a level. But when you do take out last season, the level of consistency that Liverpool have had over the periods of, say, the last four years, it's been nothing short of unbelievable. And I know, obviously, they've had to 
not potentially go for every competition because sometimes they've had smaller squads. But in the real two big ones, in terms of the Champions League, reaching three Champions League finals in five years and missing out on, potentially missing out on two Premier League titles with over 90 points, obviously winning one. All of that's been down to the players and how much he's been able to extract out of all of them, really. So I think that brings me on to today and the fact that Liverpool were a much-changed side. And obviously a lot of the players who performed really well tonight and were so important in Liverpool getting a result don't play every week. And not only is that a challenge for the managers to be able to garner a performance out of these players and obviously work in conjunction with each other and put on a cohesive team performance, but also it's really important in the mentality that they come into the game with and how professional they are, how eager they are to do well and how the, the chemistry within the players who play the vast amount of majority of the games of the players who don't is all important. And when I go back to recruitment again and identifying certain players, I mean, I think what I'll try and do is explain what I mean. So if I start with the defence, for example, and we talk about, you know, Canati's coming for Liverpool. Liverpool obviously massively struggled last season at centre-half through a vast amount of injuries. And obviously Joel Matip and, and Joe Gomez, for example, throughout the career have really struggled with big injuries and sort of rotated positions with each other within Klopp's reign. So what they did was they went and got a young centre-back, I believe Canati might be 22 years of age, if I'm, if I'm right. And in identifying that age profile, obviously we know the, the, the physical profile and the player profile, we know he's capable of playing high up the field, which obviously Liverpool need. But in terms of the age profile, it was the right age to come in, because what you had is you, you had a player in Matip who's coming into his, his 30s, obviously Van Dijk as well. And these are players who are obviously at a, a certain point in their careers and you may have thought to yourself, you know, in a, or still may be the case in a year or two, that Matip's in that sort of phasing out period because of the amount of injuries that he's had and he would potentially settle in the future for being a, a fourth-choice centre-half who can come in and play with great quality and is obviously a fantastic character within the group as well. Now, what you needed then, you needed a player of a, a younger age profile, of a top-level a top level quality, to be able to come in and almost be dipped in and out of the side. So, a player who would be happy to develop. We know, you know, 21 years of age is extremely young for a centre-half. They could be in a position where they would happy to be happy to learn off the other players within that position. And eventually, that would then be, lead to the succession plan where they build up the minutes and obviously be able to take the place of some of them first-choice centre-halves. And obviously the hierarchy system then wouldn't be distorted. And I think that's exactly what's happened this year. I mean, it's been absolutely fantastic, Kenati. He might, might actually be the succession plan a lot sooner. You'd expect him to get even more minutes. But the balance in selecting that player in his age profile, and obviously you see that in his personality as well, and, and him as a person, I think that's apparent in, in the way he would fit into the group. And I think that's obviously vital as well. So that's an example of, of what I mean by that in terms of the defensive side of the selection. Now, when you go to the top end of the field and you look at someone like Diogo Jota coming in, now Liverpool have had you know, a well-established from free for a long period of time, Salamani and Firmino. So what they needed was they needed the player to come in, someone who would be reaching sort of the peak age in terms of the attacking numbers and the metrics that they'd be able to, to output. And what they looked at was obviously having transferable skills to be able to play for Liverpool. So we know Jota had that. He's got that profile to be able to press without the ball. He can play flexibly across the front three in the forward line, meaning that he collect lots of minutes in lots of different positions. And also, he would be an excellent rotation option for any of them players. 
Now, if you look at Jota as well, coming from a mid-ranking Premier League club, again, it wouldn't upset the hierarchy within the squad because Jota would um, presumably accept a role in which he would learn from them forward players, obviously, again, be dipped in and out, and then eventually build up the minutes of his performances warranted it to be a player who would eventually replace some of them forward players. And as that's proved, he's been absolutely perfect in that sense. And obviously, Luis Diaz has now come in. Again, you could, what I've just talked about in terms of Jota, you could very much say the same thing about him in the way you can come in and again, eventually succeed these players rather than being a more experienced player who would demand or expect a starting slot. And again, then that equilibrium is distorted in terms of the makeup of the group and the balance. And it is a very fine balance, I imagine, in any elite professional football team of coming in and potentially replacing players who've done so much for the club. And it always has to be a phasing out period in terms of the age profile and who is likely to come into them roles. And they're just two examples, really. So you've got to find the right balance of absolute elite players who you know are going to play the majority of the weeks, but also players who know the role within the squad and maybe below the, the absolute elite level, but are absolute excellent squad members who are so positive, have such a positive mentality and are so important to the all-round group, which again then leads to Liverpool being in a situation where the environment is that good. It breeds a mentality which obviously wins you so many games. And I think they were the two really positive examples that I could see in them areas. I mean, when I think about the midfield area going forward to next season, you'd imagine that probably a deeper player, because obviously they've only have Fabinho and Henderson who can operate in that position. So again, would Liverpool be looking for a younger age profile who could play that deeper position? But probably someone who could also be multifaceted in the sense that obviously we know Fabinho is coming to his late 20s now, but he's firmly established that his peak in that defensive role or defensive midfield role. So you'd be looking at someone who could play dual roles, probably someone who could play one of the two higher mid central midfield positions as well, and then eventually rotate with Fabinho and take his then position. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. I mean, I, I mean, you look across at Manchester United, for an example, and, and Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously been a fantastic goal scorer, but 38 years of age, demanded to play every minute and... You can tell the, the atmosphere around that isn't quite right when he's brought off the field of play or substituted. And then you look at it, the succession planning that Liverpool had, have, sorry, and it's just night and day. And I think that is one of the, the massive behind-the-scenes things which is so vital to how Liverpool have recruited and what Klopp has created. And I think that was never more apparent today in which so many of these players who are talk about who have came in as, at the right age profile with the right personality and with the right skill set to be able to contribute massively to Liverpool to take it to the last day of the season with Manchester City. And now we've just got to hope that a miracle may happen. Mark Baker with the final say here then on post-game. So down to the wire it goes. Reds nails up and down the country, maybe down to the bone by kickoff. But Jurgen Klopp's juggernaut could just be about to reach liftoff. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.